Welcome to Bankless, where we explore the frontier of internet money and internet finance. This is how to get started, how to get better, and how to front run the opportunity. This is Ryan Sean Adams. I'm here with David Hoffman, and we're here to help you become more bankless. David, I feel like this is a long overdue conversation. It's been a long time since we had Polygon in the podcast, and uh, they've been doing a lot over the last like nine months or so since we talked to them. So uh, yeah, fantastic episode with Sandeep and Mahalo, who are the co-founders of Polygon, which is like a Swiss army knife for scalability on Ethereum. What were some of your takeaways? Yeah, this is coming right on the on the heels of all of this Twitter drama that has been, happened uh, last weekend. Uh, and that definitely set some of the context of some of the conversations that, that we had. Uh, we really drilled down into the the differences between, there's a lot of chains out there that are forks of Geth. Geth, one of the original Ethereum L1 clients. Avalanche is a fork of Geth. Spinance Smart Chain is a fork of Geth. Polygon is a fork of Geth. What makes these things similar? Or what makes these things different? Uh, and so we go into the differences between the security models for these things. And overall talk about the, in addition, uh, completely separate from that, the long-term vision of Polygon, where I believe, Ryan, you called it a portfolio of scaling solutions rather than a single individual scaling solution. And also talking about um, the whole uh, DraftKings becoming a validator on Polygon, uh, the future of ZK Rollup Tech on Polygon, and overall just the future of the entire portfolio as a whole. Yeah, I think if you're like an investor in this space, uh, also if you're a user, but you know, if you're an investor, you're someone building, right? So the, the key question the, the, the industry is facing right now is like, where is the future going to be, right? And there's the Ethereum version of the future, which is like this modular blockchain sort of future. And then there's the alternative layer one future, sort of the, the multi-chain future. Uh, version of events as well. And that alternative layer one feature has really gained steam over the last, you know, three to six months or so, correlated uh, with prices mm -hmm. predominantly. But there's also been some activity on these alternate, uh, alternative layer ones. And so I think this is an important episode to hear, like, you know, Polygon's side of the story, which is definitely very modular blockchain, very Ethereum centric, so that you can make your own decisions, right? Because, like, if you believe the modular blockchain thesis, then you might believe a lot of these alternative layer ones are overvalued. If you don't believe this thesis and you think that you know cheap block space is paramount and Ethereum doesn't have the market cornered on you know good scalability ideas, then maybe these alternative layer ones are, are justified in their valuations. And maybe if you're building in the space, you should consider building on one of them. So this kind of lays it out. And again, this is this is Polygon's perspective, and they're very pro Ethereum. But also, I think that like. Like it's it's sort of bankless's uh, take too. We we do we have kind of said that we believe in the modular uh, blockchain thesis, ultra scalable Ethereum. We think it fits with um, you know the, the values of decentralization that this program uh, holds dear, and so it's good to hear other builders in the space doing it. So we talked about like the events of uh, the, the past weekend, all of the pushback on, on Twitter. And then we got into the actual Polygon solution. A lot of people don't know that it's not just one proof of stake kind of solution, that this is uh, a Swiss army knife of different tools and technologies, including some really cool stuff going on in ZK rollups. What's also interesting, I think, is a lot of the narratives get spun on the back of token price, I think. And Polygon is one of the few uh, layer twos type solutions in the space that actually has a token, 
which is interesting, right? Optimism, Arbitrum, uh, ZK Sync, Starkware, they do not have tokens available on the market. So, you know, it's interesting for investors to consider relative valuation of, of like Matic versus everything else that's going on in the space. So a lot of insights here uh, as we dig into the Polygon story. And quick disclaimer, I'm an advisor on this project. I believe in what the Polygon team is doing as well. Uh, but I'm not, <laughs> so we're, we're good there. Uh, and just for everyone to, to know, we had a, a little bit of internet issues. Uh, Mihalo's in Eastern Europe, he dropped off a few times. Uh, Sam Deep had some microphone issues. Uh, we're gonna do our best to edit all of those out, so bear with us. We got a little bit of a hairy bit of content uh, quality, but uh, hopefully we can get all of those smoothed out in the editing process. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the conversation with Mihalo and Sam Deep of the Polygon team right after we get to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. Matcha, everyone's favorite DEX aggregator, has just launched an open beta for gasless trading. So if you're trading more than $5,000 in common ETH and wrapped Bitcoin pairs, then your gas fees on Matcha are free. And that's why you should be using Matcha. Matcha routes your orders across all the various DeFi exchanges on Ethereum, Polygon, Binance Smart Chain, and gives you the best possible price without any trading fees or unnecessary slippage. Matcha has smart order routing that splits your orders across multiple liquidity sources if Matcha sees that, that it gets you better pricing. Trading on Matcha is super easy because it pulls the liquidity for me into a single and easy to use platform and has even saved me multiple times from accidentally picking the wrong decks to trade on and getting a bad price. Matcha also allows you to make limit orders on chain so you can set and forget your DeFi trades and they will go through automatically while you're away. So when you're making a trade, head over to matcha.xyz slash bankless, connect your wallet and start getting some of the best prices and most liquidity when you trade your crypto assets. Living a bankless life requires taking control over your own private keys, not your keys, not your crypto. That's why so many in the Bankless Nation already have their Ledger hardware wallet, which makes proper private key management a breeze. But the Ledger ecosystem is much more than just a secure hardware wallet. Ledger is the combination of the Ledger hardware wallet and the Ledger Live app. And if you're used to seeing all of your crypto services and favorite DeFi apps all in one spot, Ledger Live is where you want to be. Not only does Ledger let you buy your crypto assets straight from the app, but it also hooks into all of the DeFi apps and services that you're used to. Using Ledger Live, you can stake your ETH in Lido, swap on DEXs like Paraswap, or display your NFTs with Rainbow. You can also use Wallet Connect inside of Ledger Live to connect to all the other DeFi apps that keep coming online. DeFi never stops growing, and the Ledger Live app grows alongside with it. So click the link in the show notes to see all of the DeFi apps that Ledger Live has, and stay tuned as more apps come online. And if you don't have a Ledger hardware wallet, what are you even waiting for? Go to ledger.com, grab a Ledger, download Ledger Live, and get all of your DeFi apps all in one space. Bankless Nation, we are super excited to introduce you to our next guest. It's been a while since they've been on. It feels like 10, 20 years have gone by in crypto. We've got Sandeep and Mahalo, who are the co-founders of Polygon. What is Polygon? We've done previous Bankless episodes about it, but if you're not familiar, it's Ethereum's internet of chains, not just one scalability solution. It's like a collection. So it's almost like a Swiss army knife of side chains and layer two technologies. This organization is completely focused on scaling Ethereum. Sandeep and Mahalo, great to have you guys back. How are you doing? You're doing great. Uh, thanks a lot. Sorry, Sandeep. Uh, thanks, thanks, thanks for having us here. Uh, really excited uh, and honored to be here. This has become the, the best show uh, in the entire crypto industry. And I think a lot of new people 
who join in like I, i was very surprised like somebody i uh, in my family i asked them to join and then uh, i mean to to you know know more about crypto and i think uh, they they found bankless on their own and they said yeah <laughs> this good and i said yeah of course bro the you this that's the bullseye so, you have to give them a shout out then sandeep if they're listening to this podcast <laughs> yes. uh guys you know what we're, we're going to start with this there's been some um a little bit of twitter drama here recently over the weekend and i wouldn't normally start here but i think we need to because it's relevant to today's uh conversation and sandeep i noticed you changed your uh twitter profile accordingly it's now sandeep not abandoning ethereum is the subtitle and we just had a week Uh, weekend of well-known VC investors, hedge fund managers stating their public abandonment of Ethereum. And he- here you are saying you are not abandoning Ethereum. So first question to Sandeep, why isn't Polygon abandoning Ethereum, Sandeep? Yeah. So um, I think the, the, the easiest answer is that because Polygon doesn't hold uh, bags of other other layer ones right <laughs> otherwise there is no reason to even discuss this uh, you know i think ethereum uh, forget about abandoning anything on ethereum um, you know it i mean in in our mind it is it has actually already emerged as the global settlement layer for this web3 like you know we have this uh, internet of value and uh, we very strongly believe that ethereum the network effects The, the 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 native asset eth is has now properties of a hard money and uh, you know for any layer one uh, decentralization is the most important thing and to have that decentralization you have you need to have um, that uh, the, the the native asset to be a very strong and hard money because that is being used for incentivizing and disincentivizing the people who are running this network and ethereum both in terms of its app development uh, you know network effects as well as the native asset uh, capturing the capturing the the kind of features of a uh, you know hard money on both this fronts ethereum is way ahead of anything else and uh, already that is the the scalability solution that are available on ethereum be it uh, you know polygon uh, polygon's pos chain which runs on top of ethereum or it's like you know our layer 2 project uh, products uh let's say uh, polygon hermes which is already live with some production uh, with some payment ready uh, payment uh, use cases or other uh, you know layer 2s like arbitrum starkware have already proven that ethereum can scale on the layer 2 so it's it's only a matter of time uh, you know where uh, you know ethereum and the layer 2 scaling is going you know is going to completely decimate uh, you know other uh, kind of competition in that sense Uh, and you know establish itself as the ultimate uh, layer for web3 and we strongly believe in that so mahalo i you know i know we were having a conversation pre show about sort of you uh getting off twitter and just getting to this place of zen and and by the way i i envy that because i i could use some zen sometimes in my life and all of the back and forth that goes on in all of the various you know crypto social uh circles but i i want to in in case some folks aren't as plugged into that Uh, I want to give some context to the question I just asked Sandeep and get you to weigh on uh, in on this uh, Mahalo. So this is a tweet that kind of started it all over the weekend this debate between like abandoning Ethereum and going to other layer 1s versus doubling down on Ethereum which is what you know Sandeep just 
advocated and, and gave his reasons for. But this is the tweet that started it all. This is from Suzu, who is uh, kind of a VC fund manager at Three Arrows Capital. We've had him on Bankless in the past too. And he said this, yes, I have abandoned Ethereum despite supporting it in the past. Yes, Ethereum has abandoned its users despite supporting them in the past. The idea of sitting around, jerking off, watching the burn and concocting purity tests while zero can afford the chain is gross. And it's not just this tweet because there's tons of tweets that you know get sent out and no one hears them, right? This got almost 16,000 likes on it. And I, I believe that this provided a lot of people some validation of this opinion. So I want to ask you, Mahalo, what do you think's going on here? What do you think was the reason for this tweet? And why did it set off such a, a storm in the, the crypto conversations over this past weekend? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, thanks for the question. As, as you said, like I, I'm personally really trying. We have, uh, fortunately and uh, luckily, we're in a very good position with Polygon right now. And we're extremely happy and humbled by all the success that we have seen in the previous months. And we're really trying... Uh, to to be laser focused on work and what basically our mission is and that is basically scaling Ethereum, bringing mass adoption to Ethereum, onboarding the first billion users. And I think we are in a very, very good position right now with Polygon and we just want to be, you know, very serious about, about what we committed uh, uh, to do. And uh, uh, these things are um, in, 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 in the long term, basically on long enough Time, time, time scale. They're just a temporary. I don't want to say noise, but you can even say it like that. It's just everyone has the right to, to you know, be within Ethereum or abandon Ethereum or do whatever they want. And this is like an open, open uh, society, basically, uh, uh, and open community. But um, I don't know. Like this seems to me, uh, um, it really seems like some sort of coordinated action. Number one. Number two. Uh, um, with these likes that we're seeing uh, on this tweet, obviously they are uh, communities, uh, um, at, or at least backholders, basically outside of Ethereum. And uh, there is clear interest now to, to disrupt Ethereum, to take market share from Ethereum. Uh, it's not up for me to say that, but I think that maybe when some people feel threatened uh, 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 by the, all the scaling activity that is happening, including Polygon. Uh, 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 it, I think it's in a way maybe even becoming somewhat obvious that Ethereum can actually scale with all these efforts, with all the uh, activity that's happening in layer two and on the scaling front. Uh, um, people are questioning, you know, their choices, their investment choices, uh, uh, um, among other things. I guess there can be a bunch of reasons, but the the most important thing is and what matters is where the users where the innovation is and that is very clearly ethereum like there is like really zero doubt about it like that's where the users are that's where all the smart people are i mean all 90 percent or 90 percent plus of the innovation and uh yeah i'm mm, as bullish on ethereum in general and the ecosystem as as i as ever basically Guys, what you think of this charge specifically? All right, because like you know, let's let's try to steel man the argument just just a little bit, right? It's like I, I totally understand what you're saying about like the the bag bias and you know you know pumping other alternative investments and you know no doubt that goes on, um, but like 
the the narrative of Ethereum abandoning its users, right? Because gas fees on mainnet are high. The 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 idea that users are livid, that Ethereum is just a whale chain, that it's not DeFi if the only the wealthy can afford it, that Ethereum isn't shipping. Do you think that there are any points in that, like any merits to that argument, or would you reject them all? And Cindy, I, I kind of you know, jumped in there, so why don't I let you uh, jump in first? Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I mean, I actually also had a similar kind of uh, conversation on Twitter with someone. Is that you know when you see the adoption of Polygon, or when you see the adoption of Starkware, or when you see like Starkware solution, let's say DYDX and things like that, or when you see the adoption of Arbitrum, or even XDAI per se, all of these are essentially the adoption of Ethereum only, adoption of EVM, EVM users who own some addresses, and then they can switch the MetaMask, and then you know go to the go to the layer two side chains, whatever you want to call it. And you know, I mean, we we have multiple times said that you know our 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 kind of definition of ethereum uh, scalability or it's scaling ethereum is not you know extremely narrow as that you know this only is layer 2 and this only scales ethereum we believe that there is a whole spectrum you have sovereign side chains and in original thesis of mihailo also has originally mentioned that you know there are probably 100 plus uh, you know side chains or enterprise chains which are connected to ethereum similarly you have like chains like polygon pos and all that all of this is actually adoption of ethereum and you know somebody was even saying uh, somebody was saying that you know the dau on some other chain has become has has grown past ethereum and first of all that was uh, you know was 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 a, was a was a wrong fact and uh, then second thing was that if you combine yeah, even if some chain let's say is starts approaching that dau but if you combine the dau of ethereum main chain you combine the Ethereum uh, DAU of uh, you know Polygon, Starkware, and you know some of these other chains. That you know that DAU is way way ahead of any other thing that that you see. So I absolutely don't agree with this. Uh, do, do not agree with this this narrative that you know the Ethereum is abandoning its users and all that. It's just that you know the uh, the technology. This is a very hard uh, technology to build, and you know Ethereum achieved adoption before that uh, you know scaling technology could come. But now that is now it is here, and then you know the layer one is kind of becoming that you know last time also I think we were discussing is kind of the Manhattan. So obviously, Manhattan is costly. It has huge amount of value going here and there, and you know like I don't know any other chain where a independent investor who's not who doesn't have any uh, vested interest in the chain itself or you know some part uh, in in the in the underlying chain would put would be willing to put let's say five hundred million dollar worth of their assets on on particular or maybe 1 billion dollar worth of their assets on any other chain except ethereum ethereum is the you know the the very essence of where you keep your uh, core value so i don't agree with this 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 thesis and then i agree that uh, i i feel that the gas fees are high because ethereum block space is highly posh like you know kind of it 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 needs a higher value to be transacted if you want smaller values to be transacted use any other layer two scaling solution or Ethereum scaling solution like Polygon POS or other solutions available out there. I think this is a great point. And by the way, when Sandeep was mentioning DAUs, he was talking about daily active users, which of course is uh, an important uh, metric for, uh, for for scalability and how many users are, are actively in the space. But I think you raised a really good point about this kind of Manhattan, right? It's like 
the, you know, the main, the main chain is Manhattan, but when you talk about Ethereum, you can't just measure Manhattan. This is like saying that, you know, it's impossible to live anywhere in the United States because Manhattan prices are high. Well, like the United States is like, it's a big country. There's a lot of places. There's like you know, all, all sorts of side chains and suburbs and like cheaper cities to live in. You can live in all sorts of um, places. Mahalo, do you have anything to add to this, this idea that Ethereum is abandoning users? Um, wh what do you say on that? Yeah, I absolutely disagree, of course. Uh, um, I guess there are several aspects to, to consider there. The first one is and the, the maybe closest to, 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 I don't know, my heart is basically the technology or tech aspect. So um, narratives aside and whatever someone says on Twitter, like the reality is this, we have Ethereum ecosystem that has the main chain that is now expensive because the demand for the, the, the transactions are on Ethereum is very high. And we have this whole fantastic ecosystem of scaling solutions and layer two solutions built around it. And so many smart people, so many smart teams working on these hard problems. Um, the alternative are alternative layer ones. And like all of them or majority of them are using EVM. They're basically just a, a clone of Ethereum that starts empty. And in the beginning, they can offer these cheap transactions. And that's that's a given. I mean, that's that's uh, simple. But as the state bloat grows, as the activity on this chain grows, they are facing the same issues like Ethereum. So uh, uh, to, to put it succinctly, I, from the tech point of view, I don't see a, a viable alternative to what is happening on Ethereum. And that for me is the most important. Like I always try to put narratives aside, memes aside. Let's look at the technology. What technology here? Is there any alternative to what is being built on Ethereum that can actually reach mass adoption and can support mass adoption and can support theoretically at least in five in the next five or ten years can support one billion users? I really don't see that technology. That can only happen on Ethereum, and that is what is what I consider the most important. That is the the kind of essence. Um, I, I could say a few more things, but I guess we have topics to, to cover. But uh, when you realistically look at it, and again, from the tech point of view, I really don't see any alternative approach. Uh, uh, and just something to keep in mind uh, um, is that people just need to remember that we're still very early. Like we are building basically this web free and this there's this amazing promise of this open financial system for everyone and uh, to build infrastructure for something like that it, that is far from trivial and it cannot happen overnight and what is a, a real strength of ethereum is this decentralization there is no central party like uh, 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 no one, including Vitalik or whoever, is controlling Ethereum and controlling the innovation. The innovation is happening full, completely organically, and and there's this, as I said, smart teams all around, all over the world, that are working on these hard problems, and that uh, uh, that is like real, real strength of Ethereum. That's I'm really happy that it's happening. Things are happening like that because at this phase, that's basically the philosophy that we want to. Uh, adopt that we're trying to adopt at Polygon. As you know, we already have multiple uh, uh, ZK-based efforts because we are in this stage of intense innovation currently and experimentation, and we need to we need these decentralized efforts. And with time, they will start to crystallize. 
the the these scaling technologies will mature, become more robust, be more reliable, etc. And we will slowly, I believe, converge towards uh, uh, several, I guess, solutions that can actually support uh, um, mass adoption. But this is basically a marathon, and I think Ethereum is by far uh, 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 the the best position uh, uh, ecosystem to to basically run and win in this marathon. So I want to play devil's advocate here, and I think there's um, maybe some of the, the newer listeners or newer entrants into the world of crypto. Uh, these are some complex concepts to really wrap your head around. And so what, what would you guys say to somebody that said, well, there really just appears to be this bias that people have where if you're building on Ethereum, that's good. And if you're not building on Ethereum, that's bad. And uh, it's kind of like the the dividing line is there. It's that, that tribalism where... Uh, L1, non-Ethereum L1 experimentation is a waste of time and other people's resources. But if you just do what you're doing on Ethereum, it's good. What would you guys say to, to that critique? So first of all, like, uh, I mean, I... I mean, I don't want to be uh, demeaning towards any ecosystem. Like, ecosystem building is really hard. And some of the other layer ones have done uh, good work in, in trying to build those ecosystems. And they are in a very early stage where Ethereum was, like, let's say, five years back and things like that. But still far away in that. But that's that's good good part, right? But in terms of, like, you know, the criticism, I understand, uh, David, and, you know, sometimes back I also said that, you know, because blockchains are as much technical as much social as they are technical. So there is always bound to be some level of tribalism. Even like I go to an extent that if let's say there is, there is a particular project community owned project, which does not have any tribalism, that project does not have any real community, right? <laughs> any, project, any project which has some real community will have some level of tribalism, will have some people die hard fans who are, you know, willing to go to any extent for that right so so i mean that's that's kind of a necessary and important evil i i i say to that right so um so but there is some level of tribalism where we simply you know from ethereum community might be discarding and some people can be really harsh on twitter but the other side of the story is that if you ask me how many teams who are building on these alternative let's say layer ones which are actually determined about building a product or which actually have a product vision and we who are not going for a quick token, you know, pump and, you know, that pump and get rich cycle or, or you know, get some large grants and all that. <clears throat> I, I can, because I heavily do this research on, I can probably count them on, on my fingers, right? How many good teams are there? There are some good teams but they are very, very low in number right now. So even though there is some tribalism and, and you know, there is that, that critique, some people can be really harsh and they are, the like Ethereum people are harsh within the community. Like, you know, there are people are extremely harsh on Polygon at times, like, you know, when you, for, for a variety of reasons, but that's the strength of Ethereum community. We introspect, we kind of question our biases. Like, you know, I mean, I am really, I really highly appreciate you guys are also, you know, willing to kind of deep dive into it that whether there is any uh, reality to it and that's the power of Ethereum community. Uh, but, you know, in terms of like looking at good projects, like some part of that criticism is actually true or uh, not some part, maybe like large part because 90% of those projects, which I feel today are like mostly, you know, kind of uh, not that much focused on building some product and doing some innovation, but are chasing some sort of, you know, grants and, you know, rewards in terms of like token pumping and things like that. So that's my opinion on that. Mihalo. 
Yeah, I don't have anything special to add. I generally wish in an ideal world there would, there would be less tribalism. I don't know, in, in, especially in crypto. And crypto is uh, a special industry because we have these crypto incentives on top of, um, I guess, human nature that is also not perfect at times. So, yeah, I, it is how it is, I guess. Uh, but um, that being said... Um, what I generally don't like, I, I am always in support, of course, of any sort of innovation, any meaningful activity, be it uh, within or outside of the Ethereum ecosystem. What I generally don't really like and don't appreciate is um, more or less constantly you see this pattern of uh, um, trying to extract value. Of course, you have Ethereum that is absolutely... Uh, uh, the dominant player in, in Web3, of course, and he has like a lion's share of, of the uh, 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 market, basically, like 90 plus percent, I guess. And these competing ecosystems are trying to capture that market share, but in some way that I cannot always appreciate. Uh, first, you try to piggyback off of the technology and the community, and then some sort of attacks uh, 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 are kind of... Uh, um, uh, um, a common thing, I guess, there in a way, and that's something I, I, of course, I cannot appreciate. And then you have this Ethereum's uh, immune system that kind of was uh, 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 strengthened throughout all these years, <laughs> fights with, I guess, Bitcoin uh, maxis mainly, and uh, then people have to react. And ideally, I think Ethereum community is very, very friendly, very, uh, uh, I don't know, supportive of innovation and. Uh, um, inclusive in all sorts of ways, uh, but yeah, I, um, I just think um, it might have been better for these projects to kind of try to add value. It's uh, it's better. It would probably work better even for for Ethereum competitors. If I can give any advice to Ethereum competitors, don't attack. Uh, uh, I don't know. Try to add value. Try to contribute. Collaborate, and uh, I guess it would be better for everyone. Yeah. Well, guys, let's restore the Zen a little bit. We're done with that conversation, right? That's like Twitter narrative side of things. I think the way out of this, as always, uh, for any uh, technologist is you build, right? And so, and Polygon is is building. I want to divide the, uh, the the rest of the conversation maybe in two parts. First, uh, let's talk about the technology, right? So like all those benefits, the decentralization, that sort of thing, everything you guys are building. And then secondly, let's talk about um, the users, because there are some cool applications, cool sectors like NFTs and, and GameFi that we might want to talk to too. And you guys are doing some really neat things with DraftKings and others. So lots of different applications going on in Polygon. But, but first, let's start, start with the tech. Because as David was saying, look, there are a lot of newcomers in the cycle, right? You know, 2022, people don't actually understand um, the difference between block space on Polygon or Ethereum versus Avalanche and Solana, right? They just don't understand what the differences are. Uh, and you know, I, I, I think we want to talk about the difference between Polygon and some of these maybe alternative layer ones. And I've got like three differences that I really want to drill into uh, to, to kind of highlight this. But, but let's start at the top level. And the first is this. Understand, I think people need to understand about Polygon that it's not, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not just one technology and one chain. It's a portfolio of chains, right? And so this, this is a picture I, I've seen often, and I think we need to spend some time actually describing this picture. And for, for those of you listening to the podcast, 
this is a, a kind of a diagram. It's a hub and spoke diagram. And in the middle in the hub, there's this icon of Ethereum. So Ethereum being the, the hub, and then all of the spoke positions are these various chains, and this represents the Polygon ecosystem. But we see in these spokes different solutions, right? So we see something called Polygon Hermes, and we see something called Polygon Nightfall, and we see something called Polygon Proof of Stake, and then Polygon Maiden. And then we also see Polygon Avail and the Polygon SDK, right? So like, again, that Swiss Army Knife analogy, okay? Like now we're opening up the Swiss army knife. We got the scissors, we got the, you know, the, the, the pocket knife, we got the compass. I don't know what comes with the Swiss army knife these days, but let's, let's go into each of these component pieces. Uh, and we'll just touch them on a high level. Cause I want to get back to what you guys are doing with, with ZK. And I want to talk about the metrics of, of proof of stake, but just at the high level, what are the various functions of the Swiss army knife? So what are the chains themselves and the other pieces? Maybe Sandeep, do you want to kind of go around and give us the high level, you know, sentence or two summary of each of these parts on the spoke? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I will start and then, you know, Mihalo, if some part you want to go deep on some of the things you can take up. So, um, so basically as you know, the, 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 the story starts from here, right? So as we said that we consider, you know, Ethereum scaling as a, you know, I mean, as a, as a broad minded, uh, you know, concept, like we don't think that, okay, only this particular kind of solution adds value to Ethereum. So we think of it as a whole spectrum. Okay. And on the left extreme of the spectrum, think about sovereign, like fully sovereign chains, which have simple bridges with Ethereum. And, you know, some of those chains also add value to Ethereum. Like, you know, with, with a simple bridge chain has having a completely separate consensus or whatever. And then, you know, enterprises. And if you go to like really big, big, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, participants who want to come into the uh, Web3, they, all of them, they don't want to be on a shared chain as of now, because we don't have full blown zero knowledge, you know, EVM compatible talent available kind of, you know, chains available as yet. So many of them want to choose Polygon SDK type uh, sovereign chains. And we have some big examples, you know, soon uh, launching some of the, you know, uh, probably uh, Fortune, uh, you know, 50 kind of companies launching some of their products on that. Similarly, then if you if you start, uh, you know, going from this left side to somewhere in the middle, you will find uh, something like Polygon POS, which is not a not a separate chain like a side chain. It is built on top of Ethereum. The consensus, the validator set is, is on Ethereum. It checkpoints every 30 minutes, just like any other layer two. But that checkpoint contains less information, so you cannot verify everything back to Ethereum. But then all the activities in the chain are posted on, on, on Ethereum and every transaction on Polygon with relevant data can be verified that, okay, this happened on uh, Polygon, uh, you know, um, uh, POS chain. So that is like, you know, let's say the middle part. And then on the right extreme, you will find, um, you know, uh, the pure layer twos, which are actually putting both their data as well as the dispute resolution related to that data, if something wrong happens in the off-chain computation, back into Ethereum. So they are very heavily pegged into Ethereum. They put all the data and um, you know uh, this thing. And these are the like the most secured kind of solution, the pure layer twos, optimal uh, ZK rollups. But 
a problem with these kind of solutions can be that since you are putting all the data back into ethereum it can be costly right and some of the layer 2s uh, which have recently launched we are already seeing the cost to be 5 6 dollar per transactions and things like that and they will scale you know linearly so but that's the that's the trade off that you are taking with the security if you come somewhere in the middle between polygon pos chain and layer 2s you might find solutions like validums where you have an off chain data availability where you don't put the data back into ethereum but you only put zero knowledge proofs on Ethereum and uh, you know the data is kept in an external data availability chain. So idea is that there is a whole spectrum and you can provide solutions on the whole spectrum. So if you see this, this diagram and we actually should publish that spectrum also, you will see that Polygon, you know, uh, the Polygon SDK is on the left side of the spectrum. Then you have Polygon POS, then you will have the Validum solutions, which, in, which will include Polygon Avail as the data availability layer. And then the validums uh, with the you know validum flavors of all of our zero knowledge solutions. And then on the on the on the right extreme, you will have these uh, you know the the layer twos like zero knowledge rollups because you know on the layer twos we are heavily focused on the zero knowledge because we believe and our thesis uh, you know says that zero knowledge is the ultimate uh, like you know holy grail for the Ethereum scalability. So we have not one but four different solutions on Ethereum on the zero knowledge uh, you know uh, solutions out of which we have only announced three so there is uh, you know something uh, very exciting coming soon so you know stay tuned for that oh, wow. uh, but then all of these solutions are having some sort of differences in their approach recently we announced polygon maiden which is actually a star based solution which is like you know zero knowledge technology has two different uh, you know kind of larger streams snark and starks and this is a stark based solution before that we had announced Polygon Hermes, which is a snark-based solution, and then uh, you know Polygon Nightfall, uh, which is very closely developed with the Ernst and Young, uh, which has privacy components to it, which is very important to the enterprises. So you know uh, the Polygon Nightfall is basically part of our enterprise play, which we believe that is will become more and more important in you know maybe eighteen to twenty-four months from here. So this is the larger kind of summary of this this ecosystem that we are building. But all of these solutions are focused on providing additional scale. Uh, on Ethereum and bringing the mass adoption on Ethereum. This is super cool, and I I, I think a lot of people don't you know don't, don't fully realize this. And so so I guess the recap is you've got solutions at all you know the entire spectrum of the the whole decentralization spectrum, right? And as we said on Bankless before, the difference between a sidechain and a rollup is a rollup depends on the economic security of Ethereum, whereas a sidechain doesn't. And so you guys have you know, a side chain, right? Which is kind of the Polygon SDK. And then you have a Polygon POS system, which is like a souped up side chain. So it has some of the economic assurances of Ethereum. It's not quite a side chain. It's a bit more advanced. And then you have all of the ZK uh, roll-up solutions. Uh, Hermes, which uses, um, did you say Snarks? Oh, and Polygon Snark, oh, I mean ZK Snark. ZK Snarks. And then you have Maiden, which is uh, you know an EVM chain and that uses Starks technology and that's kind of new. And then you have Nightfall, which is a roll up on the enterprise side of things. And then you have something new, which is coming down the pike. So this, this hub is about to get larger. So I, I think that is one of the key differenti differentiation points is when you compare Polygon to alternative layer ones, you, you know, generally people compare like the Polygon POS solution to those alternative layer ones. But all of Polygon is really this, um, you know this this grouping this portfolio of different uh, side chains and roll up solutions that is the entire ecosystem and that's a little bit different. Mahalo, would you add anything to this? 
Yeah, I don't have too much to add, but these are all great points, of course. Um, I guess what I can say is I can just repeat or iterate on what I already said previously. So we really believe this. we are still in a very early stage when it comes to building, uh, scaling Ethereum in general and building blockchain infrastructure in general. And again, like we have uh, uh, millions of users on Ethereum, but we want 1 billion plus. And uh, it's still going to take a lot of time to, to, to get there. We have a very good direction, I think, now. Uh, but this is again a marathon. This will not happen overnight, and uh, that's why we at Polygon believe we have that I guess philosophy to let 100 uh, uh, flowers bloom at, the, at this point, and we just want to become. We want to facilitate innovation. We are very fortunate uh, um, and humbled by all the success that that Polygon has has achieved in in previous months since we were on on your podcast the the, the last time. And uh, now we have, I guess, huge network effects. We have a very strong treasury. We have a lot of experience. We have great team, fantastic people on, on the team already. And we haven't even announced yet everything, as, 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 uh, as we mentioned. And I think we, uh, uh, our mission and our, uh, how can I say, duty, if you want, is to become the, the innovation facility, I guess, for, for, for Ethereum. And we really want to support all meaningful scaling efforts. And as Sandeep said, we are indeed a little bit biased. We, we love, we see merits of optimistic rollups, side chains, enterprise chains. We want to support all these solutions, but we are definitely kind of biased towards ZK-based technologies because of several fundamental reasons. And we recently published our ZK thesis and alongside with it, we committed $1 billion from our treasury to fund the development of ZK-based uh, ZK solutions. And uh, yes, we are like uh, heads down and working around the clock basically on introducing and then uh, building these, these solutions. We will see uh, along the way in the coming years, we want, as I said, Polygon to be at the forefront of this, uh, of this innovation and uh, building these uh, great solutions. And they will slowly kind of converge, in, uh, in my opinion, towards several types of solutions. and. Even in the long run, like there will never be a, a one-size-fits-all solution. There will be not. There will be no one solution to rule them all because always different users, different projects will have different needs. Enterprises will never have the same requirements like uh, native web-free startups, basically, and small applications. And uh, we will always have uh, uh, several uh, uh, several uh, uh, scaling or infrastructure solutions in the Ethereum ecosystem. And uh, yeah, I think Polygon is, to, to the best of my, to the best of our knowledge, the only project that really follows that vision and bets on on all these solutions and supports uh, all these solutions instead of focusing on on one solution only. We were just mm. uh, we we're very uh, uh, lucky and uh, uh, thankful that Polygon is definitely by far the most adopting now scaling scaling effort in the Ethereum ecosystem and this. Uh, POS chain that we introduced was definitely, I would say, a sorry, a necessity. So um, we have definitely reached the point where where uh, using Ethereum layer one is it uh, uh, wasn't really possible for for average for average user, I guess, and uh, uh, and that's a good problem to have, of course. But um, the, the Ethereum community has really strong criteria when it comes to building infrastructure. We uh, make no compromises about some things like decentralization, security, etc. And that 
makes the, the researchers and engineers job like much, much harder. And of course, we shouldn't give up on these, these principles. But um, I guess it's important to understand that sometimes you just simply need to uh, accept some trade-offs, at least temporary. So that's what we did basically with the PS chain. PS chain is not an ideal solution, but it, it is a solution. We just realized that we need, Ethereum ecosystem needs a scaling solution today. Like we could not uh, have waited any, any longer. So we needed an EVM compatible solution today. And it was, we consider it secure enough and functional enough. And it has proven so far with, I don't know, like uh, um, 21, I guess, million blocks produced without any major incident and uh, all the value and 100 million plus users and 5 billion plus in TVL. Um, it has proven to be the right, the right move basically to, to keep users within the Ethereum ecosystem. And uh, yeah, now moving forward, we are in a good position. We kind of, uh, uh, we provided some relief at least to, to this pressing scaling need. And now I think all the teams, Polygon and all the other uh, uh, scaling teams are slowly basically uh, uh, um, going into production with these more advanced solutions. And I believe in, I don't know, in several years from now, I, I believe the, the Ethereum ecosystem will look impressive uh, from the tech point of view. Mahalo, one question I have that I think a lot of people might be interested in is uh, we, we have the, the Matic token, which is the, the token for Polygon. And most people associate that as the token for the Polygon proof of stake chain. It's the, it's the token that you must stake in order to be a validator. It's also the, the gas for that proof of stake chain. But how does the Matic token relate to all the other chains as well? Is it really just for that one chain or how does everything actually connect to the Matic token? If there are so many different chains and and i'm actually curious even more broadly than the token is like is there any unifying force that like unifies all of these other chain solutions that we're just talking about on polygon that's a great question i mean questions but basically it boils down to the same thing so the metric token or our polygon's native token is the unifying force or is supposed to be the unifying force of all these uh, solutions again like we are now really focused on on innovation it was really important to us to facilitate uh, and uh, uh, start several great projects like the ones that we have now like polygon maiden and uh, uh, polygon nightfall and polygon hermes and uh, the one that we are about to announce soon that was very important for us and we just didn't want to constrain yet these projects this is now the core uh, the core process of innovation and building uh, this bleeding edge cryptography and all the other components that are necessary for these solutions and then when these solutions are somewhat ready for production i mean along the way we are already uh, uh, working on redesigning basically our token that is something that we are not really speaking a lot about publicly because it can, I don't know, cause uh, speculation, I guess, certain points, we don't want that, of course. But the thing is that uh, we have a very clear vision that Polygon's native token uh, 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 will unite and how it will actually going to unite all these solutions. Uh, so yeah, that, there's definitely very clear idea on our head. It's just that we don't want to impose and we don't want to do that right now. We just now need uh, uh, to ship uh, these core components. That is the most important thing now. And later, the token economy uh, 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 will be adopted basically and uh, improved. We're already working on that behind the scenes to tie kind of all things together. And I think people will uh, uh, 
generally i don't say love but i think we're gonna do some very interesting things there and we're very excited about it so if that's the first thing that's different about polygon just in general that it's just not it's not just one technology in one chain it's many different chains it's this it's a portfolio it's a swiss army knife the second thing that's different that we touched upon a lot i just want to drill into that polygon really isn't pretending to be a layer one okay so like what's the difference between binance and avalanche and you know, a Polygon SDK or Polygon sidechain. Well, it's like the Polygon ecosystem isn't pretending to be a layer one, okay? And we'll get to the our, our point about uh, modular designs maybe next, but let's talk about that for a little bit. So at the center of your diagram is Ethereum, which is economic security, right? And we've talked about the role Ethereum plays a little bit, but I, I wanna bring this up because it's, it's interesting. I think um, for a while, people in the Ethereum community and people in the crypto community actually doubted Polygon's intentions a little bit, I think. And this is like, look, um, the crypto ecosystem is best when it's like, um, you know, verifying, not trusting, right? It's like, that's what this entire industry is about. So like, I, I totally get the criticism. I totally understand it, right? And the, the concern at the social layer was like, hey, we, we've seen so many ETH killers buddy up to Ethereum and pretend to be its friend. And then just as soon as they get escape velocity, just take out the knife and stab it in the back, right? And so the question is like, is this more decentralized decentralization theater, right? Is this another, you're feigning friendship and then once you come big enough, then hey, the Polygon is actually the layer one. Bye-bye Ethereum, we don't need you anymore. And that's of course a more centralized solution than Ethereum uh, natively. But and I feel like at some level, you know, because I saw some of this back and forth on Twitter, you know, over the last, the first half of the year, let's call it. And there comes a point where you actually can't tell them, you have to show them. And I feel like recently, especially, Polygon has been doing a good job showing them a $1 billion investment in ZK uh, technology, a heavy investment in ZK rollups. We just talked about three ZK rollup solutions, a fourth one on its way, apparently. Let me ask you the question, Sandeep. Do you think this has finally answered the critics on this question of is, a th is, is Polygon an ETH killer or is it, you know, yeah, uh, Ethereum uh, yeah, um, synergistic. Do you think the critics have been answered finally? Or are there still some in the shadows there? Yeah, I mean, the people who want to understand, they they understand, understand it very clearly now. And even before also, you know, people who actually uh, cared to dig through, they, they realized that Polygon, even the Polygon POS chain, was never built like it is actually reside it resides on ethereum like you can't become a polygon validator by being by going to polygon chain you have to come on ethereum stake your you know uh polygon tokens or matic tokens and then become a sticker so even that chain was not never intended to be built like that why would we build a chain like that like we would simply build a bridge and then you know have it like a side chain so, you know, that actually is the narrative, like, I think always like uh, that narrative has been, uh, you know, painted by at times detractors or, uh, you know, competitors and things like that. But the sad part today is like, Ryan, and this is actually, I also wanted to mention is that, you know, the, like there is, there is a, there is a segment of the community, which still for the retail still tries to kind of, you know, push that narrative that no, this is only POS, Polygon POS is, is, is a side chain and things like that. And conveniently ignoring 
all of these like polygon hermes these other things that we are doing and you know whatever uh, you know a lot of things that we do for for the ethereum side and you know even though now we are uh, you know la- launch these uh, layer 2s and all that many people will simply conveniently ignore and only talk about polygon pos so that you know they can nail that narrative right even with the for example that multi sig thing that you kept hearing right all the layer 2s have multi sig all the ones right like name one layer 2 which does not have a multi sig upgradable rights because you know this is such a new technology if you find a bug how do you upgrade that and then you know the same people even after having you know them also having the multi sigs they try to nail this narrative and that's exactly is the narrative part of the crypto community like some core people who run some of these uh, alternative um, you know chains or you know whatever they they know how to nail some some narrative into the retail and so that like everybody starts feeling uh, you know knowing and nobody cares enough to dig through the real thing so as i as you said that polygon never intended to be a layer one and you know our conviction on ethereum when we started it was ethereum based and that conviction also grew uh, you know at that point in time in 2017 when ethereum was also fairly new we always used to say that right now we don't see any other competitor emerging as a layer one if let's say in future ethereum loses out and some other maybe we can think of like but our conviction also on ethereum is like you know super strong because of the last 3 years of network effects multiple uh, you know uh, uh, multiple uh, you know kind of these waves defi wave nft wave dao wave all of these have happened on ethereum itself and uh, there is absolutely you know if somebody basically is still uh, trying to pretend that no polygon is like you know trying to be a layer one i would i would question the you know kind of intentions over there because it's very very clear if you if you spend like half an hour on polygon ecosystem you 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 find it very very clear that we are absolutely uh, you know focused and dedicated towards ethereum and i can actually as a founder i can uh, you know i can say here that if let's say there is this situation happens like on a personal level also i'm saying and this is not like some part of tribalism or anything i have you know this is part of my conviction that you know if in future let's say polygon started starts focusing on somewhere else you know i would not be there like i'm so you know deep into deep into ethereum that you know i i mean i'm fully dedicated like as a team also we are dedicated and personally also fully dedicated towards uh, towards ethereum and i keep citing a lot of things like this is actually you know uh, uh, like not not technical part but you know like why i feel that there are so many smart people who are dedicating their lives uh, towards ethereum because they feel uh, you know owners of this network like everybody of the ethereum community feels that they own the network they are not building on somebody else's network this is not vitalik's network or you know ethereum foundation's network and that is the core community feeling that ethereum has with among so many smart people i don't see it developing in any other uh, you know any other kind of ecosystems and that also you know day by day every every day like strengthens our uh, conviction on ethereum and you know hence we are dedicated on ethereum so let's talk about the we we talked about two things let's talk about the last thing which is uh, the, the difference between kind of alt layer ones let's call them and, and polygon is is polygon is really like embracing the uh the modular blockchain design and becoming that execution layer okay and so if some of these terms are unfamiliar to bankless listeners I'd refer you back to an episode that David and I did uh, on modular blockchain design. Go listen to that episode. This is absolutely fundamental to understanding the future of blockchains and scalability uh, that's happening. We'll include a link in the show note as well. But a quick recap is the modular design 
In a modular blockchain design, all, all chains today are kind of monolithic, including Ethereum right now, but it is moving into a modular design where you have consensus data execution, and there, these are three different layers. And a quick mental model, if you want to understand these, is execution is what's happening, so it kind of records what's happening at the moment. Data is what's already happened, and consensus defines what's true. And then in the Ethereum modular blockchain design, uh, the Ethereum mainnet is really the consensus layer. It does provide some data availability, but there are some other data solutions too. And then execution happens on the on the polygon uh, uh, polygon side of things. And so when we when we lay it out like that, the execution layer for for polygon, you've got you know proof of stake and the SDK and all of these zk rollup solutions, and then you've got also have polygon avail, which is the data layer. And of course, this brings like specialization. So I feel like. Many of the, all of the other layer ones, besides maybe Tezos and Nier, are pursuing this this uh, monolithic design rather than this modular design that you guys are pursuing. Um, but let's let's just touch in detail on you know a couple of the things here. So the first is Polygon proof of stake, right? So if we're going to compare that to like Avalanche and uh, Binance Smart Chain, uh, I'm wondering if we could we could do that really quickly. So one thing they have in common is they're all Geth forks. It's my understanding, right? So, like, that's kind of the the underlying. But um, how is Polygon proof of stake different versus an Avalanche or Binance Smart Chain when it comes to resource management? When it comes to like um, the long term play, like, is is proof the proof of stake chain ultimately going to become a roll up? Maybe go into some of those differences because that is maybe a point of comparison. Like, you could kind of compare Binance Smart Chain to Polygon proof of stake. Um, what are your thoughts, Mahalo? Yeah, sure. So uh, just to take first uh, a step back, I, I guess um, there, there are two components, I guess, to consider there. So strictly technical, we can talk strictly strictly technical, and we're going to talk about it now. I, I can cover that briefly. The other component is this uh, um, kind of cultural or, or uh, uh, component or, or, I don't know, component of intentions or i don't even know how to put it exactly but uh, um, to try to explain it is that uh, um, it is basically the reason why we see this uh, layer ones and why they want to capitalize on ethereum is because there's a clear market there so you have a, a very big player which is ethereum with 500 billion market cap and it is lucrative to attack that market basically you have even if you capture one percent you're at five billion dollars you can make a ton of money there as a investor or whatever founder if you will uh, um, so there's a very clear incentive to do that and uh, with, with polygon like if you want to do what we did at polygon at that time that wasn't really popular if you asked i don't know uh, probably even some prominent vcs or uh, uh, big investors they would uh, have told you that it's better you know to start your layer one because what is the actual market for these scaling solutions what market are, are we you know, targeting or attacking here. It wasn't really clear. And uh, with Polygon, we are one of the things we I am personally very uh, proud and happy about is that with Polygon, we prove we have proven by now that it is possible to capture value. It is possible to add value to Ethereum and at the same time capture value for the project. And that capturing of value was really important for us because it significantly grew the dollar, uh, the the value of our treasury in dollar terms and made us 
much more capable to, to contribute far more to Ethereum and the Ethereum infrastructure. So that is kind of a, just a quick context uh, uh, before that. And just uh, uh, some, some uh, just wanted to add that to what was said previously. And uh, that being said, if we're talking about uh, uh, the POS chain, for example, compared to, I don't know, BSC or uh, Avalanche or whatever. So uh, there are several components right there. Uh, first of all, our whole validator set is implemented on Ethereum, and there is no other chain that, uh, uh, that has uh, done that. And that means several things. Uh, uh, first of all, it means that uh, without Ethereum, our POS chain doesn't exist. If Ethereum shuts down, if we imagine that happens, I mean, it's theoretically possible, but uh, uh, if Ethereum stops, our chain also stops. We cannot produce blocks. It's in a that way, it's integral part of, of, of Ethereum, if you will. It's like an extension of Ethereum, similar to a rollup in a way. Uh, the second, uh, uh, second thing to, to mention there is that uh, um, we have periodical checkpoints where we actually commit to the Ethereum chain and in that way achieve stronger finality for, for the whole POS uh, uh, solution. So once the checkpoint is submitted, everyone can uh, uh, transfer their assets back, back to Ethereum, uh, assuming two-thirds uh, of uh, two-thirds plus one of the POS stake uh, has voted uh, correctly. And that's something none of these other chains uh, uh, support. And uh, the direct and very important consequence in terms of security from, from that design decision is that actually that transfer of assets back and forth from the POS chain and Ethereum uh, um, is secured by the whole validator set of the POS uh, uh, solution, which currently, I haven't checked the latest data, but I guess it's above $2 billion uh, uh, at stake, which is like basically huge level of uh, economic security that is behind basically these transfers. And it is, to the best of my knowledge, again, like the, the I guess by far the most secure bridge between any EVM to EVM kind of uh, uh, chains. These bridges are norm normally basically operated by a small set of PA signers, basically uh, just externally owned addresses, basically that uh, have no stake whatsoever, sometimes even a single, uh, single address. So, yeah, all these things are adding significantly to the to the security of uh, 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 the chain and basically make important differences compared to uh, these other alternative chains that we just mentioned. And on top of that, there is again that component of, of, or overlay of intentions, I guess, because with Polygon, it's obvious that we do not want to only extract value from Ethereum, we want to add value to Ethereum. We are we really consider Polygon an integral part of the Ethereum ecosystem. And the more activity we see on the POS chain, the more kind of value the, the, the Polygon ecosystem and uh, subsequently token captures ideally and the more uh, the bigger our war chest is to basically continue working and contributing to 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 ethereum and with us basically the third and the last thing i can say there is as you mentioned ryan we uh, we would be actually very happy to consider upgrading the pos chain to to some more advanced uh, architecture 
that is that fits into this modular uh, uh, Ethereum modular blockchain uh, uh, philosophy, basically. By the way, like we really like that philosophy. In that philosophy, I was like thrilled when I saw basically recently that whole concept of modular blockchains being uh, widely accepted because that is the core of Polygon uh, philosophy. That's literally what we uh, set to build when we when we announced Polygon. This independent components that together can form different different basically architectures that fit different needs that's literally what we uh, set to build so we're of course huge fans of of that approach and uh, i'm pretty convinced it's gonna it's here to stay and that's the right way to do things and uh, yeah just to to, uh, to finish we are now in the process of building these advanced uh, zk based solutions uh, once we have uh, uh, decentralized enough, scalable enough, battle-tested layer 2 solution, uh, uh, we would be more than happy to consider upgrading the POS chain to, to, uh, to that specific architecture. But we're not there yet. No one in the industry has that yet, but we're all working around the clock, working very hard, and I believe we will definitely reach there. Um, soon enough and i don't see with this any of these other chains that uh, that we mentioned i don't see that even being mentioned or uh, not to say on somewhere on the roadmap so there are i guess at least uh, uh three major differences from the tech side the side of the kind of intentions and uh, basically when it comes to ethereum and how do you participate in the ethereum ecosystem and the third one are these plans for the future and the future architecture itself Mihalo, that was that was a, a fantastic illustration of, of the differences. And I want to go back and just uh, double down on on one of them in, in specific. And that is uh, the, the checkpointing that Polygon Proof of Stake does with Ethereum. Uh, and then also what you said with uh, the economic security of the actual bridge. Uh, and so um, you can actually, maybe listeners don't know this, you can actually go from Ethereum to Avalanche, which is a similar... Um, geth fork, which is similar to what Polygon is. Polygon Proof of Stake is a Geth fork. And there are two bridges. One goes to the Polygon Proof of Stake, one goes to Avalanche. Uh, and so like, as far as uh, like the user experience and what the user is presented with, so far, like pretty, pretty similar. But the difference between Avalanche and Polygon is Avalanche is its own layer one. So you're going from bridge, from layer one Ethereum to layer one Avalanche using a bridge versus uh, going to a Polygon, which is layer one Ethereum to layer two Polygon. And what makes Polygon a layer two is it checkpoints itself to Ethereum. Checkpointing is like um, a save game, right? Like there's the state of Polygon that is progressing and then every once in a while it saves to Ethereum. And this is a fundamentally different than just porting from a layer one to another layer one. Because as Bankless listeners will know, uh, Ryan here especially really harps on the power of property rights. Blockchains are property rights systems and the best systems that can ensure the best property rights assurances is what this whole industry is about. Do you actually own your own assets? And so uh, Polygon with this whole checkpointing is actually tapping into the strong property rights that Ethereum has. And that checkpointing is not found on alternative layer ones because they are trying to be their own layer ones. They want other people to checkpoint to that layer one. Um, and so that is a, a fundamental difference is Polygon has comparable property rights assurances that, that Ethereum does. Uh, and, and I just wanted to, wanted to reiterate uh, on, the, on, on that point. Do you, you wanna add something to that? 
Yeah, thanks a lot for, for saying that, but I will just try to clarify it com uh, completely and just to, uh, we're really trying to be careful and we don't want, there were a lot of uh, debates basically uh, when we started Polygon and people generally don't consider uh, POS chain a true layer 2 in sure. the sense that yeah. it doesn't sure. fully inherit security of Ethereum. But now we're, if we go there, we are literally opening a can of worms and there's a lot of uh, details we can discuss there. But uh, still, like as we said multiple times, POS is a solution that has certain trade-offs. Trade-offs are mainly uh, that the fact that there is still this independent st uh, uh, validator set mm -hmm. uh, uh, that is uh, kind of independent that exists alongside Ethereum and that certainly has uh, uh, a lot of power in the POS in the POS chain. But that is just the, I guess again, uh, the solution that we really needed. We had to accept certain trade-offs in order to ship something today, basically. And so far, it has proven with these uh, uh, levels, high levels of economic security, with more than two billion dollars at stake, you would basically need two-thirds, which means like 1.2 plus billion dollars to collude to actually uh, try to do something malicious. And then we can, um, again, debate. There are some ways to mitigate. Even if this validator set decides to do something malicious, uh, it can be argued that we can still have, we still have some countermeasures or, or ways to kind of uh, defend in that case. But again, like POS chain is not a perfect solution. We never claimed that. We never want to say that. But it is definitely good enough. And it is definitely, I would say, quite a lot better than than alternative layer ones. Yeah. And I, I, let's, let's unpack that e even more a little bit. Because uh, so the, when I say the checkpointing saves to Ethereum, that's backed up by the economic security of Polygon, not Ethereum. And that's the differences between a roll-up and a, a proof-of-stake sidechain, right? Where the roll-ups are secured, economically secured by Ethereum security itself. Polygon proof-of-stake is economically secured by its own proof-of-stake network uh, of nodes, which you're saying is uh, $2 billion worth of network security. Is that also true? Uh, how does that differ from the bridge between Ethereum L1 and the Avalanche L1? How is that bridge? Is that bridge also have economic security or is it just a bunch of uh, multi-sig signers? Um, if we want, I, I really like to discuss these things, uh, mm -hmm. to discuss technology in general. I just don't want to become, to go too technical and don't want to, I don't know, confuse your listeners at any point. But let me just try to uh, and also touch upon this quickly. So um, when it comes to security of certain scaling solution, let's say we have these constructions like sidechains or Polygon PS, which is some sort of hybrid between a sidechain and a layer, layer two solution and these layer two solutions like rollups. So what we are focusing on as the community right now is the security of your assets. And that's like super important. Like with rollups, you can always take your assets back to Ethereum. So you have very strong property rights, as, as uh, Ryan likes to say, and that's fantastic. That's like really important. But we somehow also uh, or often tend to forget there is another very important component of security. And that is basically this operational or running security, whatever I uh, we can call it, is basically the, the what happens when the assets are on the roll-up. So currently the state of the art with roll-ups are these centralized operators. And as, if I'm a centralized operator, I can basically do all sorts of things. Like your assets are safe. You can always take them back to Ethereum. And me, I, as an operator, I cannot do anything about it. 
But what I potentially do with some architectures, I can basically censor your transactions. Maybe you want to, I don't know, prevent the liquidation of some uh, vault that you have or whatever, CDP or whatever. And I can just simply censor your transaction and you need to submit it in the next, I don't know, one minute. If I censor it, you lose a ton of money and then I can potentially blackmail you. Like all these things, I can front run you, extract MEV. So there's all sorts of things that uh, when it comes to actually running the, the chain, your assets are safe. You can always take them back. But some other things uh, pretty pretty kind of uh, uh, uncomfortable <laughs> or uh, uh, Problematic things can happen with centralized operators. With the PS chain, for example, you have a fully decentralized uh, uh, operator set, which is basically the validator set, and there is practically it's not possible for anyone to censor you. So it can be un it can be argued realistically that operational or running security of the PS chain is actually much better than the operational running security of rollups in, in this point of time with state-of-the-art tech that we have now. So there are different components also there. Like security is is a complex thing always. Like it's, it's not really... And again, I, I'm sorry, but, I just but, don't want to derail the conversation too much. It just, these things are, I guess I just like to talk about it. Uh, no, I think, I think, but David's question was like, you know, how does it compare to other layer ones, right? You know, this checkpointing of Polygon POS yeah, chain. For that mission, like, I, I'm that? not aware, there, I don't think there exists any other uh, uh, solution like that. None of the layer one solutions are submitting checkpoints to Ethereum. None of them is paying, like we're paying millions literally in, in Ether and that Ether gets burned through 1559 then. Uh, uh, none of the other chains uh, is doing that to the best of my knowledge. And there is no economic security, especially yeah. not, not validator set that lives on Ethereum. Like none of these things exist. With these checkpoints, like, you know, some parts, like you, you actually summarized it very well that, you know, when with the layer one, you take your assets to the other bridge, I mean, to, other, to the other layer one, which right now are very extremely like, you know, centralized. For example, with Avalanche, I have heard that there are three SGX machines where three signers only sign. In case of Polygon, there are 100 public validators who like two by three have to sign and all that. But even if you leave that, the checkpoint that is coming... I think it was one. I think it was one signer on Avalanche, or at least it was initially one. Maybe I'm wrong. I was thinking. Yeah, now there are one. three three SGX now signers, three different machines. But you know, if that got get compromised, it's like all three of get compromised. Like you know, if, if there is uh, one way to compromise one, so it's like really problematic. But the most important thing that David said that you know this checkpoint. Like imagine that you created an NFT. Like you know, there was a punk like project on Polygon. And let's say Polygon chain stops existing. It got it, it stops sometime in future and all that, right? Even then you can bring back that data. If there is an archive of the data, you can actually confirm that this, this NFT was actually minted on Polygon. That checkpoint that you have, you can actually verify the transaction. It's just that because the plasma is now depreciated and originally plasma, we use only you know, payment confirmations. You could actually verify payments on the main chain. Uh, you know, you can't verify and, and slash people on the you can still verify but you can't you can't slash the validator slot for the for the other generic transactions so there's a long technical part of it but that checkpoint actually 
you know, any time in the future, you want to check back the immutability of the transactions, whether a particular transaction happened or not, all of that is verifiable back to Ethereum. And the fact that any other layer ones is not doing that because they have an intention to kind of, this is like an umbilical cord, they can cut it down anytime. Like, okay, this bridge is over and then they have a separate ecosystem. But whereas in case of Polygon, if this bridge is cut, the chain consensus stops, like, you know, that checkpoint is the consensus mechanism of the chain, the reward, how as a validator on Polygon, you get as a reward that you have to, two by three of the validators of Polygon, they have to sign. And one of them had to submit the transaction only then when they submit the transaction, the, you know, the, the, the Ethereum smart contract verifies that, okay, there are two by three signatures and then they get their block reward. So the, even the block rewards of the, of, of the, of the blocks, they don't get on Polygon chain, they get on Ethereum. So it is that, you know, intermingled with Ethereum. If let's say Ethereum has an outage, Polygon chain has an outage immediately. Right. So it's that connected with Ethereum. So I, I loved your, uh, you know, summarization with the, uh, with the checkpoints, like, you know, what is the difference? Right. Yeah. And the point is great. And if you want okay. to say basically, oh, uh, abstract, I don't want to go into uh, any sort of tribalism, of course, uh, again, like, uh, but um, in a sense that uh, from the design point of view, you, you, I think it's fair to say you need to kind of bend the knee to Ethereum or acknowledge basically the Ethereum as the hub at what we're doing and what we're happy to do at, at Polygon uh, in order to get these security benefits. Uh, um, if you're planning on, you know, staying layer one or be being layer one from the get-go and then you don't want to kind of acknowledge, you know, Ethereum as the hub in any way or depend on it in, in any way, as Sandeep said, you just simply cut off the, the chase and uh, yeah, you're fully independent. And uh, with this, like moving, th there is no, like, it's actually very hard to move and achieve these, these same security properties if we wanted to move um, staking to, to the POS chain. Actually, we're now working on the uh, version three of the POS chain. We want to introduce some significant improvements there. And one of the improvements is we're thinking of moving at least parts of the logic of the staking to the POS chain, basically with keep, while keeping these security properties. And it's really not easy. <laughs> Do you know what uh, somebody on Twitter mentioned to me? I thought this was a really colorful illustration. You talking about uh, the benefits of just getting economic security from Ethereum's. Like what other layer one chains are trying to do is found an entire country in order to open a deli, right? It's like you have to bootstrap this entire security apparatus, right? And all you're trying to do is actually just create a set of apps. You're just trying to open a deli, man. And it doesn't make sense to me long-term either. Arbitrum is an Ethereum scaling solution that's going to completely change how we use DeFi and NFTs. And now it's live and has over 100 projects deployed. Gas fees on Ethereum L1 suck. Too many people want to use Ethereum and it doesn't have enough capacity for all of us. And that's why teams like Arbitrum have been hard at work developing layer two solutions that makes transactions on Ethereum cheap and instant. Arbitrum increases Ethereum's throughput by orders of magnitude at a fraction of the cost of what we are used to paying. When interacting with Arbitrum, you can get the performance of a centralized exchange while tapping into Ethereum's level of security and decentralization. This is why people are calling this Ethereum's broadband moment, where we get to add performance onto decentralization and security. If you're a developer and you want to save on gas costs and overall make a better user experience, 
Go to developers.offchainlabs.com to get started building on Arbitrum. And if you're a user, keep an eye out for your favorite DeFi apps being built on Arbitrum. Many DeFi applications on the Ethereum L1 are migrating over to layer twos like Arbitrum, and some are even skipping over the layer ones entirely and deploying directly on layer two. There's so many apps coming online to Arbitrum, so go to bridge.arbitrum.io now and start bridging over your ETH or any of the tokens listed and start having the DeFi or NFT experience that you've always wanted. Alchemix is one of the coolest new DeFi apps on the scene. It introduces self-paying loans, allowing you to spend and save at the same time. Deposit the DAI stablecoin into the Alchemix vault in order to get an advance on the interest it generates. Borrow up to 50% of the total amount of your deposited DAI in the form of AlUSD stablecoin. Here's the craziest part. The loan pays itself back and you cannot be liquidated. Unlock your assets potential in the ultimate DeFi savings account. And brand new to Alchemix is the ETH vault where you can deposit ETH into the application, borrow Al ETH against your deposits while having your advance gradually paid back over time. V2 is rapidly approaching, which will allow for even more collateral types plus a variety of yield strategies to choose from. Harness the power of Alchemix at alchemix.fi. That's A-L-C-H-E-M-I-X dot F-I. Follow Alchemix on Twitter at AlchemixFI and join the Discord to keep up to date with Alchemix V2 and to get involved in governance. At the, at the beginning of the show, we talked, I presented the devil's advocate argument of there's all the this Ethereum ecosystem. And when the Ethereum ecosystem sees this development going on, if that development going on is on Ethereum, then it's good. And if it's not going on Ethereum, then it's bad. Uh, like that's kind of sort of like the tribalism bias that people, uh, you know, critique the Ethereum ecosystem about. But if you want to rephrase that differently, the reason why this, uh, this bias appears to exist is that when you are checkpointing or saving or rolling up to Ethereum, then you have strong economic property rights. And if you're not, then you don't. And it's, it's Ryan and my opinion, the, the, the bankless thesis, is that strong property rights is what it makes this whole entire industry work. The fact that you have your own independent self-sovereign assurances that you actually own the assets that this chain says that you have. And so the, the, this tribalism, uh, which definitely appears like that, is actually grounded in the same theses that prop up the value of these assets to begin with. So like if you if you do the same exact behaviors on Avalanche or Polygon, you get the same properties. You get sped up blockchains, uh, you get cheaper transactions, faster transactions. But on Polygon, because it settles and checkpoints to Ethereum, you also have strong property rights. Just wanted to, to summarize that, the, this section for the listeners. Exactly. And this, this tribalism, this David, like, you know, one more part I want, wanted to mention is that, you know, why this, I have also thought about that, why this tribalism at times come from Ethereum community is because many of the times the facts that are being refer, represented by the other layer ones, right, they are at times, at times they are outright disgusting. Like, you know, you start talking about that, oh, this Ethereum has already been defeated and all that, where you are, like something is just getting born. Like imagine the amount of hacks that Ethereum has happened and those hacks actually strengthen the ecosystem. Like, I mean, can you even, you know, imagine the amount of DeFi smart contracts that have, that, that have you know, been hacked on Ethereum? Like, I think it's been, it's around $2 billion. And right now on any of these layer ones, we have not seen many of those attacks because those like hackers are not even looking into it because you know it's 
not worth their time they are spending that time on ethereum and then when those hacks happen those wallet hacks those multi six you know kind of that is the battle tested net testedness of a, of an ecosystem and that has not happened with any of the layer ones and then at that point in time saying that okay you know they can they can they they are on the path to kill ethereum and all that that actually you know at times becomes uh, disgusting and that kind of fuels some part of the uh, tribalism at times and you know i mean i just you know i'm just trying to say some of the tribalism at times is justified because you know it's like too much from the other side so yeah I definitely agree and I I think it's um you know many traders many people in the space many speculators are just playing kind of short term narrative games right and that's that's a big reason there's an incentive to inject these kind of narratives and um this sort of thing into the space but you guys are builders and let's talk a little bit more about another thing that you're building in, in some more detail so it seems like Polygon is making a big bet on uh ZK style rollups right um and I want to ask about the difference between um Hermes Maiden and Nightfall. So here's my high level sketch of it is uh, Nightfall is an ENY sort of collaboration. And um, that is a um, uh, that is more of an enterprise style of roll up, right? And then you've got because it is focused on privacy because it's focused, focused on, on privacy. privacy. Okay. And then you've got Hermes, which at least at first appears to be a bit more payment type centric. And then you have Maiden, which is the newest addition to the Polygon family, which appears to be a general purpose, you know, um, EVM-like, uh, you know, ZK platform. Is that the difference? You got privacy, you got payments, and you got general purpose EVM, or there's some more subtleties here? Yeah, it, it's more, 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 uh, you know, more of it is correct. But let me kind of summarize it, right? So Hermes currently has payment live, but they are also working on a full-blown ZK EVM. Right. And Got how it. that and the differences lie in how that EVM or the ZK EVM is being constructed. For example, compare that with Polygon Maiden, which is the third solution, which also is expect is trying to build a ZK EVM, but based on Stark, uh, Stark technology, not Snark. Hermes is based on Snark. Right. And then there are subtle, like, you know, I mean, as I, as I already teased that, you know, there are more solutions coming and then some of them will have slight differences, let's say with Hermes in terms of how the VM or the solidity code, which is the Ethereum code is being constructed and being deployed on the, on the VM, like how the virtual machine is processing that code. Those are the subtle differences, which actually on the developer experience point of view, create large different, large kind of differences. Although on the execution side, it's almost the similar, but the developer experience can be starkly different on, on, on these two uh, different kind of approaches. So, but otherwise, apart from the EVM, like the, the privacy EVM uh, or the, uh, the, the, the Polygon Nightfall, the purpose of other solutions is actually to build a ZK EVM, like EVM compatible zero knowledge rollups, where you can pick up your smart contracts, deploy, and they still have, uh, you know, Ethereum level security using the zero knowledge proofs. That's cool. So, so understand. So, and, and I, I think people have heard the Hermes story before because um, that, that happened, uh, you know, a few months ago, but the Maiden story is relatively new. That just happened the last like a uh, couple of weeks. So c can you talk a little bit about that story? So how did Maiden become part of the family who are the, kind of the developers behind there? What about the technology? Uh, talk about that for a little bit. So Maiden is led by, uh, you know, the, the, the developer with a pseudonym, uh, Bobin Threadbear. He was uh, uh, previously leading the Winterfell protocol of uh, Facebook, which Facebook recently open sourced. 
so he was the he was the lead uh, researcher uh, on that and he you know technically wrote 80% of it and uh, you know i mean we were uh, and this is a stark based solution and then uh, you know bobin was uh, you know is is looking to build uh, and his team is looking to build a zk evm solution which is built on stark and uh, it is also um, you know fully open source so you know that's where uh, you know uh, uh, bobin was developing this and he can already see the one of the reasons why polygon is able to attract these many you know protocol developers to its ecosystem is because of the uh, the the app developer app ecosystem like many of the zk developers are like you know uh, hardcore researchers right and they see that polygon has already built this huge developer ecosystem by the way i should share some insights on that so recently uh, alchemy which is which is you know after infura i think or or you know uh, i mean these are the biggest uh, rpc providers uh, that is linkages into blockchain they they are actually a new entrant into poly- on ecosystem and they had published a report that they have now 3000 plus uh you know weekly active teams on polygon which is you know it's absolutely humongous these are and, all apps sandeep yeah basically. yeah these are these are the teams who are building apps and if there are 3000 plus teams only on only on alchemy you can imagine that you know they would have at least 1500 to 2000 apps de- deployed on polygon right and uh, similarly uh, and this is only alchemy which is a latest entrant you have before that we have infura before that we have uh, you know block vigil and there have been tons of like other you know uh, um, um, chain stack and things like that uh, the, the the you know uh, service providers and they have their own set of team so probably you know if i just extrapolate it i think polygon would be having like around 5000 different teams developing uh, various solutions on polygon and that's absolutely crazy statistics also in terms of the the daily average users of polygon uh, you know it recently surpassed uh, like few weeks back in fact it surpassed uh, poly, uh, you know uh, the main chain also and uh, it, it has that like now the da by dau it is probably the number one chain because a lot of other chains are not talking about the dau stats it's probably the number one chain uh, in terms of as a as a platform where people are building these these dapps so all of this dapp adoption and also like you know when we were talking about various different layer ones by any measurable statistics now? whether it's the tvl whether it's the Am dau I... whether it's the number of dapps deployed number of uh, developers on working on polygon it polygon pos chain alone will be Far ahead, maybe five x bigger than any other layer ones that we that we are you know thinking that okay are going to kill Ethereum probably and Polygon is one of the small projects in the Ethereum ecosystem. So I mean I I, I don't want to go into that. So uh, so now we have a huge DApp ecosystem and these developers and researchers they believe that if they build within Polygon umbrella. they'll be able to achieve adoption because at the end people will be we have this ecosystem will be able to achieve uh, or or use this as ekvm all right guys we've been talking so much about kind of the technology side of things but the other interesting piece about polygon is of course the the apps layers like what do why do users actually come to polygon where are the apps and different features the stuff that users care about maybe that should be our next section and um it seems like there's been some interesting pr around draftkings and i know david you've been following this uh fairly closely so um let's talk about that for a minute and david what what's your question on this yeah yeah i think it's it's really interesting uh, but, uh, by the way congratulations on uh onboarding draftkings as for using polygon for game of sports bettings and i think everyone who's been around in crypto understands that sports betting is coming to crypto uh more or less it's a very optimum use case for for you know crypto 
But another interesting thing about the story is DraftKings is also becoming a validator on the Polygon proof of stake chain. And as we know, with these kind of juiced up geth forks, uh, it actually requires more intensive computational power, more you know uh, direct uh, attention towards the actual validating of these networks because just you know you need beefier hardware. So is uh, my question to you guys is is this kind of a, a security model for Polygon proof of stake moving forward? Is that we have larger, beefier nodes being operated by larger, beefier entities? Like the security model for Polygon proof of stake is actually secured by these businesses that are using Polygon for their own products. Uh, talk about the, the model behind DraftKings and, and them becoming part of the governance and validating process for Polygon. Yeah, so it's 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 not at all about the nodes. Like even if DraftKings is going to run it, they are also, the you know, one of the reasons like Polygon nodes are still fairly light, um, you know, compared to a lot of other different kind of nodes uh, in other ecosystems. And then you still don't need like, you know, the like beefier nodes. So this, this is not about the beefier nodes. This is about like Polygon ecosystem or the validator set being run by the apps which are running on Polygon. And th this is something that we want to promote. There are all existing other apps also, uh, which, which are, uh, you know, trying to run. There are, you know, a, a, you know, enterprise partners like Infosys who are running this and all that. So not only they have, you know, people have stake in running Polygon chain, Plus, you know, apart from that, we want more and more dApps to be, uh, you know, incentivized and encouraged to be running the validator nodes. I mean, the, the thoughts from these big wigs, like, you know, uh, I mean, uh, there are multiple such institutions and, you know, some of them, uh, you know, in the past days, you might have, might have also seen like Macy's, uh, you know, did something on Polygon, Dolce and Gabbana did something on Polygon. Hmm. And most of these enterprises, like, you know, when they approach us, uh, you know, I mean, you know, we are very, very surprised, like, you know, Clinique, which is a multi-billion dollar brand, like they launched NFTs without even, you know, we knowing. And that's actually the best thing that, you know, they don't even need any support from the teams because it's like so close to Ethereum development. It was like, Sandeep, I, I read the NFL was doing something. This is like yes, a week yes. ago NFL, or two weeks NFL ago. NFL also launched some, um, you know, NFTs. Hollywood is coming in very big way in Polygon. Uh, Bollywood, which is the Indian, you know, uh, like the biggest movie producer industry, they are uh, doing a lot of crazy things on Polygon. So it is kind of like, uh, you know, becoming quietly becoming the, you know, the 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 Web3 layer where, let's say, many of these do not need a lot of money like they they are not incentivized by the money they end up choosing ethereum and then for scalability they end up choosing uh polygon right now it's that that strong and then um, um you know in terms of uh, some of these like you were asking that what is the what is their thought process the thought process is i think many of these publicly traded companies their thought process is start small like start doing something with the chains learn along the way be crypto native and you know when we also talk to them we also tell them that you know if you kind of run your blockchain strategy advised by, let's say, big four consultants who are on the enterprise side, you will never be crypto native. And some of these teams have very, you know, the good thing is that the, the people from our community, the crypto community, they are like, you know, already uh, a part of some of these uh, blockchain teams in these big enterprises. And some of the some of the ones, some of the teams who are fortunate enough to have crypto native people, they are, um, you know, you know, driving this or championing the cause of uh, you know, becoming crypto native and, you know, starting small. 
so uh, you know the 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 strategies start small maybe do some consumer things nfts and things like that become validators learn more and then launch more and more products on that but eventually i think the the intention is absolutely uh, to 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 become uh, especially for the prediction markets and all that and we don't have time to hit on all of this but there's there's so much going on with polygon nfts which is really i've seen that sort of take off over the last uh, few few months also gaming and the metaverse is a whole so everything you see that's been kind of priced out of mainnet is 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 happening in uh, in polygon which is really cool to see and it's especially cool to see in polygon because you guys have such a, a nice on-ramp to even more economically secure layers like roll-up type layers as well uh you know one last question before we kind of wrap this up too to hey, go mention ahead. about metaverses so you know when we are talking about metaverses a lot right when people don't realize that actually all the most of the top metaverses who are live they are on polygon right yeah, you know name a few I mean, the central land is on polygon the biggest one sandbox is publicly mentioned multiple times they are coming to polygon somnium space is polygon sandbox the guys with snoop doing something with snoop dog having snoop dog yeah. parties that yeah yes 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 snoop dog himself is doing something on polygon like recently <laughs> there you go you know you <laughs> arrived <laughs> so 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 yeah i mean there are like uh, many of these celebrities are doing i think messi messi's nft drops were there on on polygon and uh, you know like it's 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 just uh, absolutely uh, you know crazy it's over exploding. there but metaverse is like you know uh, metaverse is like i think polygon is uh, like i know the big, fast becoming the de facto uh, kind of solution for metaverses and gaming also like i mean i i want to leave uh, users for with this with this interesting survey i would say that okay you know talk to randomly 10 different teams uh, gaming uh, blockchain gaming teams who are building web3 games right talk to 10 of diff uh, different and then find out how many of them are building on polygon if six or seven don't tell you that they are building on polygon then there is like i'm you know i'm being a liar here like you know it is that strong polygon is that strong in terms of gaming you know every game all gaming studios uh, you know they 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 are doing something or the other on polygon We'll make right it a DraftKings bet if uh, if Sandeep is right or wrong on that. Uh, yeah. Last question: Fiat on ramps super important, right? H how's that coming along with Polygon? Oh, I mean, I think we again, like you know, we we like the best thing about this chain is that the most most production ready readiness. So all the on ramps that you that you have in the you know crypto ecosystem, be it Wire, be it MoonPay, be it Simplex, all of them are integrated with Polygon and. Most of them are providing direct on ramps onto Polygon, and that is actually one of the biggest attraction points for uh, many of these, uh, you know, builders. And also, like now with the, you know, uh, Coinbase has also publicly said that they are integrating Polygon Mainnet. Uh, it's integrated with Binance also, so that is also, you know, going to add a lot of these uh, network effects into it. And OpenSea being there also, like you know, is a big uh, add-on for uh, most of the game developers and all that. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Uh, significant growth since we last talked, February fourteenth earlier this year, and I can't even believe it's it's only been like eight or nine months or so. It's it's you know it seems like it's been years of of growth here. But l let's finish with with this question, uh, Sandeep. So as we look forward to you know twenty twenty two, it's been a, a fantastic year for crypto in general. But what can we expect in 2022, do you think? And I want to ask this question, maybe what can we expect from Polygon? And then what can we expect out of Ethereum? So two sides of that question, Polygon and then Ethereum for what's going to happen in 2022. 
So on Ethereum, we definitely, you know, feel that, you know, we should go into the proof of stake mode, like the merge should happen and, uh, you know, Ethereum becomes proof of stake. And this kind of this nasty narrative uh, against POW, uh, you know, that is going around that also gets, uh, you know, resolved. Ethereum gets some scalability out of it. Probably I've heard that, you know, I'm not sure, but I've heard that, you know, the main chain will have 30 TPS. There'll be a big, big, uh, you know, kind of breather for all the people who are, uh, you know, do, running layer twos and Polygon POS chain also because it checkpoints into Ethereum. The costs will be alleviated a bit. So that's what I expect from Ethereum. And then, you know, like, like the Ethereum engine is like, you know, uh, like the momentum with Ethereum is so uh, big that, you know, it will keep happening. And I hope, I, I just wish that, you know, we have one more DeFi wave probably because, you know, DeFi is, is in a limbo for quite some time. And I feel that TradFi in coming into DeFi will, be, you know, probably become a very big theme uh, in the next year. And then we, we might be in for one more DeFi summer, uh, which obviously will be driven by, uh, you know, Ethereum as the main chain. Um, then apart from uh, from that, in terms of Polygon, we like biggest thing that we are looking forward is uh, the zero knowledge rollups. We want like you want to be able to go live with some of these uh, ZK EVMs, like full blown ZK EVMs in the first uh, semester, um, you know, or maybe the Q2 or something like that, hopefully. And then if that happens, uh, which, you know, it feels like right now. If that happens, then, you know, post that, you know, there is no limit to, you know, the, the polygons adoption because we feel that with this, uh, and we are also building this data availability, like polygon avail as a data will be chain. So with the zero knowledge validums where you can have the data availability on this, you know, data availability layer and, you know, dispute resolution back to Ethereum, I think that could, uh, that could usher in a, you know, big scalability era for uh, the whole, uh, you know, Web3 space. And then, you know, we expect big, uh, you know, applications and enterprises and Web2 startups coming into coming into Web3, Web3 and, you know, probably opening the floodgates and probably having, you know, maybe 10 to 50 million, uh, you know, somewhere between 10 to 50 million DAUs, daily average users uh, on, on the Web3. That's what is, is our goal. Uh, very, very specific as well, Sandeep. That's fantastic. Mahalo. Uh, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, so it sounds like Sandeep is predicting 2022 is the year of scalability for Ethereum. Anything to add? Uh, 2022 is definitely going to be very exciting, both for Polygon and, and for Ethereum. We are going to see uh, finally some of these uh, ideal EVM compatible solutions, layer two solutions hitting mainnet. Uh, and some of them are going to come from our side. Basically, we have at least two that are targeting uh, mainnet and uh, EVM co compatibility in one way or another in, in the next year. And that is going to be very, very exciting, of course. And uh, yeah, in terms of actual usage, we'll, I hope to see some other trend. We have seen this huge D5A, which was amazing, uh, and other important validation, basically, of Ethereum's product market fit. We have seen this NFT craze. It was also uh, very, very impressive and uh, onboarded a lot of people that were previously not involved in any way with, with blockchains and we were free, like a completely new uh, huge segment of people that is now basically uh, entering web free. And, uh, and I, I would like to see some new trend. Personally, I really like this concept of, of play to earn that was pioneered by, I guess, Sexy and some other games now. And I think we might actually, we might be on track to something amazing there in a sense that I imagine basically 
everything to earn concepts. I don't know, like learn to earn, like uh, do whatever to earn. And we can basically, uh, I think, open a Pandora's box basically of, of innovation and adoption mainly uh, there. That is my personal um, expectation basically. So yeah, a lot of exciting stuff, of course. But again, like just to stress that once again, nothing, I don't expect anything to be, you know, Ethereum will not scale next year. Things will not be resolved next year. This is a marathon. We still have years to go, but it's only going to get more and more exciting moving forward. Well, fantastic, guys. We've covered so much today. Uh, I, I hope listeners walk away with a deeper understanding of Polygon and of Ethereum scalability roadmap. This is really part of it. You know, Ethereum is a roll-up centered roadmap and you guys are executing on that roadmap as part of the ecosystem. So we appreciate everything you're doing. Thanks for spending some time with David and I on Bankless. Thank you so much for having us here. Action items for you, Bankless listeners. First is the ZK thesis that was mentioned. We'll include a link to that in the show notes. We'll also include a link to the episode I mentioned on uh, modular blockchains, episode that David and I did. We'll also include a link to the Polygon diagram that we were going over earlier in the episode. So you can check all of that out in the show notes. Also, got to end with this. Risks and disclaimers, guys. ETH is risky. Bitcoin is risky. All of DeFi is, so is crypto. You could lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but thanks for joining us on the Bankless journey. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast, and community as a Bankless Premium subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks, and exclusive content, and even the Bankless token for airdrops, raffles, and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the Bankless community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a Bankless Premium subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, Ask Me Anythings, and weekly roll-ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks everyone for watching and being on the journey as we build out the Bankless Nation.